Dear listeners, Sairam and greetings from Prashanti Nilayam. Welcome to our radio program, Afternoon Satsang. This is a segment of Radio Sai's Thursday Live, hosted by Prem and Arvind at 12.30pm Indian Standard Time on Thursdays, only on Asia's stream of Radio Sai Global Harmony. The discussion is on the Ramakatha Rasavahini, a book written by Swami, and today's episode was first broadcast live on 24th September 2015. Have a listen please. Sairam dear listeners and welcome to today's afternoon satsang where we delve deeply into the nectarous story of Lord Shri Rama as penned down by our Lord Bhagwan Shri Satya Sai Baba. Last week during our discussion on the Ramkatha Rasavahini, we enjoyed that beautiful meeting between the devotee Shabari and the Lord Rama. It was such a beautiful episode that it filled our own hearts with inspiration as to what is meant by true patience and perseverance. Today, we will be proceeding further and today is the entry of possibly the greatest and the most beloved among all of Rama's devotees. It is said that this devotee of Rama is present eternally at any time, any place, wherever the Rama Katha, the story of Rama is said. And that is the reason why we would always offer our prostrations at the feet of that devotee before every Ramkatha satsang here. Yes, the devotee that I am speaking about is Hanuman. As always, we begin this satsang too, offering our pranams at the lotus feet of our beloved Bhagwan, and also of Hanuman who is ever present wherever the Ramkatha is sung. I welcome Prem. Sairam Prem. Sairam Arvind. I think in many ways Hanuman stands as a very, very unique character in the whole of Indian mythology and especially in this Ramayana. You know, because when we worship Krishna, at best you worship Radha Krishna or you worship Rukmini as part of you know, Panduranga. But Hanuman probably is the only devotee who comes to a stage where in an altar he finds a place too, mm. along with Lakshmana, Sita and then Hanuman too is there. He almost completes this avatar of Lord uh, Rama and that is why he is such a beautiful character and uh, of course looking at it he himself is an avatar and amsha avatar of Lord Shiva that is what the story says but yet the way that character blossoms and is an eternal inspiration for all devotees in fact uh, a thing which was very very often uh, observed is the presence of Lord Hanuman's statue right on top of the hilltop you know in the Hillview Stadium which the moment you look at it you can see that Swami has given it the highest place in that plethora of so many images of divinity and divine uh, beings there Hanuman has been given the highest place. Well, as always, anything that Swami does has a reason. 
and i am sure that as we dwell into this story and learn more about hanuman towards the end of our satsang we could spend some time on the reasons why probably swami would have placed hanuman right on top over there as an ideal for all the hostels i think hanuman statue is the only statue that is visible from all the hostels beat the primary school the higher secondary school or the university uh, institute hostel there is definitely a strong reason behind that and we will come to that as we progress in the story as i said last week we had stopped with the fulfillment of shabri shabri finds her moksha after serving lord rama and she directs lord rama towards the rishyamukha mountain range because as told to her by her preceptor and guru matanga muni she knows the future she knows the past as far as the rama avatar is concerned because he has told it to her so it becomes evident that this whole thing is a drama that is being enacted by lord shri rama and so she directs lord rama towards the rishyamukha mountain range and as rama and lakshmana walk towards this mountain range they are lost discussing about the devotion of shabri and it is such a difference in state of mind you know before they actually met shabri rama and lakshmana were lost in discussing about sita and they were so struck with grief and they were feeling very down and low it's not as if they have found sita now it's not as if sita has come back to them yet rama and lakshmana are in a better frame of mind now thanks to the devotion of shabri personally i felt this very inspiring because it shows that in the cosmic drama when the lord takes on a human form when the lord becomes one with with us people at such times the lord too enacts his ups and downs and that is the time we have this beautiful opportunity to be a support to the lord to get the great opportunity or a blessing that the lord depends on us for his own enthusiasm and joy it is common knowledge that all of us devotees depend on the lord for our enthusiasm and joy but what a privilege that shabari enjoyed that she got the chance to be a source of inspiration and joy and enthusiasm for rama and lakshmana because after they leave the shabari ashram they are not in that low spirit they are not in the melancholy of having lost sita instead they are in the joy of having experienced the devotion of a beautiful devotee like shabari how many times you have experienced this even in swami's presence you know i remember once when you were sitting in the portico swami was coming for darshan and there was one uh, very elderly person sitting on those chairs which i kept in the the later side of the portico you could make out he was a devotee from some old times Mm-hmm. and he was sitting there and you know, very quietly in a corner and if you have seen the way swami's expression changed and his face literally blossomed when swami saw him mm-hmm. you know that look of recognition and the way swami literally hopped and came to him and started inquiring about his family and about all his brothers and all that and it's so beautiful i mean one thing is it filling swami with excitement that is of course that is a thrill but for people around there to witness it and i also remember once saiprakash was telling you know uh, when swami was in vrindavan one day mm-hmm. swami decided to make a one day trip to puttaparthi during the summer he would just come in the morning and go back in the evening he would come to have a look at something some work is going on he would just come for a short visit so apparently uh, swami had decided to make a visit like that and he came and uh, since there was nobody else in puttaparthi they had brought all these permanent devotees who were living in the sheds they were allowed to come and sit in the kulandol just swami is going to walk down from his uh, purnachandra residence and come to the interview room so there was nobody there only these elderly devotees and ladies and the side the uh, staff were working in the ashram apparently there was one lady who had been brought in a wheelchair and uh, for many years she had lost her sight and you can understand the uh, seating arrangement in the kulandol there is no way she would be allowed to sit anywhere near swami on a normal day but because there was nobody there she happened to sit right right next to the uh, path of course she was definitely not going to see swami still but she was sitting there and swami when he 
came walking swami looked at her and she heard swami calling out to her something like hey lakshmanamma something like that mm-hmm. and walking straight to her and uh, you know she could not believe uh, yes she was saying swami is it really you is it really you coming here <laughs> no because she is she has been here for 30 years or something like that and i think for good more than a decade she lost her eyesight swami came and swami stretched his hand and so that she could hold swami's hand you know so sweet. and uh, so she held swami's hand and she said swami is it really you no way na swami no way na and then uh, the next thing immediately she says is swami you have lost so much weight aha uh-huh. okay and she feels swami's arms and she says swami you have lost so much weight you are not eating properly and she starts reprimanding swami hmm. and swami says no no i am eating properly see you have only become so thin no who is taking care of you nobody is giving you food properly and all that you know sapakesh was saying that that sight was so uh, rejuvenating for all who were there you know the fact that swami will never never forget that devotee you're always there as part of his you know the life beautiful lovely recollection and no wonder that the lord was enjoying the devotion of such a devotee and as he is walking what they don't know is what the brothers i mean in the human form what they don't know is there are pairs of eyes watching them wherever they walk these are all the emissaries or rather spies of sugriva the monkey overlord of that region so if we proceed along the way swami has narrated the reader is kept at suspense he is just introduced to this overlord of monkeys called sugriva who has his spies everywhere watching rama and lakshmana and when they report this to sugriva saying that two people looking very handsome very powerful very strong armed with bows and arrows they have walked into this region sugriva is now very fearful he is very tense now why is he tense he is tense that these two might be people sent by wali now who is this wali again that's kept a suspense these two might be people sent by wali to kill him now why does wali want to kill him again that's kept a suspense but sugriva feels very tense and very nervous and fearful about this that there are two people who are very powerful coming with weapons so he fears for his life and therefore he summons hanuman and this is the first time hanuman is being mentioned in the ramkatha rasavahini and hanuman is summoned by sugriva now sugriva tells hanuman that see hanuman this is the report that i have received i want you to go and find out who these two are now if these two are enemies or are they friends or who are they are they people who have lost their way in the forest i want you to investigate find out and come and let me know in case they are people sent by wali to kill me please let me know because i i shall run away from here from the shamukha mountains and go and start staying somewhere else now, as we read all this definitely a lot of intrigue builds up as to what's happening here but that is how swami writes the masterful suspense he builds it up and hanuman in fact tells sugriva also that i shall do as you say my lord you know so it becomes evident that hanuman is somebody under sugriva he tells i shall do that and in case uh, wali's people come to kill you keep looking at me keep watching me i shall bow down in great humility and that you can take as a signal that there is some danger amiss and you can escape wherever you want to so that is how sugriva tells hanuman and hanuman starts moving towards these two brothers this whole dialogue you know it makes it very evident that hanuman is somebody whom sugriva trusts a lot he trusts him a lot he also has great trust in hanuman's intelligence and strength because if 
Sugriva himself is valorous, brave and powerful. But if he is fearing these two people, then imagine he is sending out someone to go and face these very people, which means he has great trust in his intelligence and strength. And thus, Sugriva sends Hanuman. And Hanuman also, you know, changes his disguise. Though Swami does not explicitly state it, Swami later on states it when Hanuman changes back to his original form. So therefore, uh, when we read the Valmiki Ramayana and other Ramayana, we get to know that Hanuman changes his appearance into the guise of a pious Brahmin. And as a Brahmin, decides to approach the two brothers. And uh, in many uh, many of the Ramayanas and even in Swami's Ramayana, this scene is supposed to be very significant where the scholarship of Hanuman is brought out. Mm-hmm. In other places when Swami speaks of Hanuman's humility, Swami compares this scene where his scholarship is brought out, he is highlighted and the scene where he tells Ravana that I am a servant of the Lord. You know, saying that he was a scholar of this high repute and but still his greatest wealth was that he was being a servant of Lord Ravana. Even in the Valmiki Ramana, the opening verses by which Hanuman goes and asks Rama and Lakshmana, who are you? Mm. What are you doing here? It's supposed to be in a very, very beautifully cryptical uh, Sanskrit verse. Exactly. Yeah, even I've heard it. It's not only cryptic, it's also beautiful. It's poetic. It's poetic. Because... uh, It's humble. At the same time, it is like (laughs) without revealing anything about oneself. It's supposed to be a very classic Sanskrit work, that one. Exactly. And uh, I think before we go into that, just a brief about Hanuman, his origin. I think we had made a mention in passing maybe when we were describing right in the beginning of the Ramkatha Rasavaini series where uh, Dasharatha wins the pudding from the celestial being who emerges from that yagna and he goes and gives this pudding to his three wives to partake so that they will get the children as promised by the Putra Kameshti yagna. Swami describes in his discourses many times he has said this that while Kausalya and Kaikei have taken their share of the paisa, paisa in Telugu or pudding in English Sumitra actually goes, she decides that she will partake this pudding after having a bath. And after having a bath, Swami says, those days, if your hair is wet, there was no hair dryer. And therefore, they would create this Samrani smoke and smoke their hair so that apart from drying the hair, it will also lend a fragrance. And as she is doing this, Swami says that an eagle comes and is attracted to the golden cup in which this pudding is kept. It picks up this cup and flies away and Sumitra is shocked. Now that is the reason why she goes crying to her other two sister queens. They offer her half-half of their pudding, which is the reason why Sumitra becomes mother to twins. And since these twins have arisen from half each of the other two pudding, we find Lakshmana getting attached inseparably to Rama and Shatrugna getting attached inseparably to Bharata. And uh, in the meanwhile, this eagle carries away the pudding. And when it has carried away the pudding, it is said that... Uh, there is this lady, her name is Anjana. Apparently, Anjana is also an Apsara, a divine damsel, mm-hmm. who has been cursed to don this role where she is having a birth as a monkey, a female monkey. She is an Apsara because of which she has been married actually to Kesari. That is why, you know, Hanuman is called as Kesari Nandana, Kesari Nandana. In, uh, in the Hanuman Chalisa. But he is also known as Vayu Putra, the son of Vayu. So, actually, Anjana is married to Kesari. Kesari is the son of Brihaspati. Brihaspati is the guru of the Devas. Right. So, it's a great uh, descent. You know, Brihaspati's son is Kesari and Kesari is the husband of Anjana. Now, Anjana is a great devotee of Shiva and it is said that in order to redeem herself of the curse, she is praying to Shiva and Shiva promises her that she will be 
redeemed not only will she be redeemed she will get a valiant son with his blessings so that is the reason why as you mentioned in the beginning hanuman is known as an amsha of rudra the maharudra or shiva okay so that is the descent from shiva this is connection to kesari it is said that as she was praying in the river the eagle drops the pudding and when the eagle drops the pudding instead of it falling into the river the wind god vayudeva carries the pudding bowl in such a manner and safely deposits into the hands of the praying anjana devi and anjana devi partakes of this payasam believing it to be a divine gift because of which she bears this child hanuman so you see there are so many connections made here that is why hanuman is called vayuputra he is called uh, kesari nandana he is called anjani putra anjani suta he is also called the child of shiva or the amsha of shiva but more than anything else this is the same pudding from which the four brothers have taken birth i feel just like lakshmana was attracted to rama and shatrughna is attracted to bharata and the four brothers shared a bond like no other hanuman too it's easily understood why he has that inexplicable attraction towards the four brothers especially rama and how it's almost as if he becomes one among the four it actually becomes like five brothers because he is also originated from that same pudding or paisa and so that is about the birth of hanuman right and i think this is a connection which probably we will not find anywhere else i mean i have at least come across only in swami's works i have heard it in swami's discourse right only in swami's discourse definitely not there in the valmiki ramayan and the other ramayans because i think that aspect of how vayu the wind god becomes the father is represented quite differently in many versions where it's just shown as he bringing that soul to anjani hmm. instead of the paisam but swami makes it very clear it's the same paisam which goes there and uh, of course the stories of hanuman is completely different you know there is that other episode where how he becomes the uh, disciple of the sun god and then there is a, a small tiff that he has with lord indra and that is when actually uh, Vayudeva comes and he kind of withdraws all air from the earth. As, the as a child, they say Hanuman is attracted to the sun. He feels that it's a very ripe fruit, and Hanuman is bestowed with such amazing strength. After all, he is you know Amsha of Shiva. He is part of the pudding from which Rama has been born. Right. So he tries to eat this gobble of the sun, and the sun seeks refuge under Indra. And Indra uses his vajra or thunderbolt to smash Hanuman. Actually, Hanuman is not beaten, but a baby that he is he is shocked by the sudden onslaught and it is said that he falls to earth and the vajra which hits him on his face that's why you see hanuman depicted with a swollen face uh, especially the mouth because it is said that is where the vajra strikes him but because of which as you said his father vayudeva becomes so angry that he withdraws the life breath from the world itself after which all the gods come to pacify vayudeva as part of the pacifying they bless hanuman with many many boons one of the boons is that unless reminded you will not be aware of the magnificent strength that you possess so actually like a curse and a boon it is because they feel that if he knows his strength this is a kind of pranks he may play he may gobble up the sun and all that but one more interesting connection this is a story from the vishnu purana which connects rama and hanuman right there was a time when narada gets infatuated he begins to desire to marry a princess who swayamvar swayamvar is you know right the ceremony where a ceremony where a princess is allowed to choose her groom from a plethora of 
princes who come to you know who her yeah just like how uh, sita swayamvar was there so some swayamvars have conditions some are unconditional some are left totally to the princes there are different rules so for different swayamvars this is actually a very interesting part of indian uh, tradition itself where we often think that the indian culture is more male dominated you know mm-hmm. you would see it in all the epics where the woman is given the choice to choose her uh, suitor it's never the other way around actually and so here imagine a person of the stature and capability of narada is not having the power to just pick any woman that he wishes to marry so he too wants to go there as a suitor but narada you know begins to get the self doubt he feels that for the kind of looks that i have i don't think any princess is going to fall for me so he goes to vishnu and he says vishnu i have a uh, lord i have one prayer what is the prayer please let me become hari mukha hari mukha means with the face of hari he feels that there can't be anybody more handsome than vishnu in the whole universe so if i have vishnu's face i will uh, be able to win this princess now uh, interestingly the word hari in sanskrit has two meanings one is of course lord hari which is vishnu the other meaning of hari is also monkey right so it so happens that vishnu blesses narada with the face of a monkey and in fact when narada goes to this swayamvara he sees that vishnu himself is present at this swayamvara and ultimately it so happens that vishnu wins this princess actually i think that princess has a desire to wed lord vishnu and exactly. she's been worshiping i think maybe narada knows that he's going to be the competitor with lord vishnu <laughs> and that's when he goes and asks this boon right exactly so here is a woman who has set her heart on the lord and here is narada trying to be what they call in hindi as kebab mein haddi <laughs> you know like something in between anyway so he goes there but while vishnu wins the princess and it is the uh, union of the devotee and the lord narada becomes a laughing stock and everybody is laughing at him guffawing and you know bursting out and narada is unable to understand what's happening till he looks at his own reflection and he realizes that he has got a monkey face he gets very angry and on the spot he curses vishnu and he says for what you have done you think that a monkey is a very uh, frivolous animal frivolous beast good for nothing and that's why you have made me like this right that's what he assumes vishnu's intentions are and so he says therefore though you are the most supreme lord of the universe a time will come when you will have to depend you will cry and seek solace and succor from a monkey <laughs> he curses vishnu like this when when he comes back to vishnu vishnu explains to narada as to how getting married is not right in the scheme of things for narada because it will lead to his degeneration spiritually and then narada sees the wisdom in what vishnu has said and repents and he says oh my lord i'm sorry i cursed you like this that is when vishnu tells him that you don't have to feel bad because nothing happens in the universe without the lord's will and everything that happens is for the good including your curse trust me the curse that you have pronounced on me is going to become a boon when i need it and that is what we shall see unfolding that boon unfolding here when rama becomes completely dependent on a so called in quotes monkey for his joy for his redemption and that is hanuman So before we proceed in the story we'll take a short break but just to put it uh, technically on record this is when actually the Kishkinda Kahandam begins in the Ramayana the last episode of the Aranya Kahandam is where the liberation of Shabari you know? mm-hmm. I think it it would be interesting to see what's the last episode in each of these kahandams ah you know, yes probably we might have to go back and we'll have a look but dear listeners don't go away we're going to continue the story because this is really as we said a very very beautiful moment when Lord Rama is met for the first time by Hanuman but before that we'll take a short break and we'll continue after that Jai Bhagwan Ki Maa 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 Jai Bhagwan
Welcome back, dear listeners. We are in that point in the Ramayana where Hanuman, for the first time, is coming up to Lord Rama and Lakshmana. He's been sent by Sugriva. Sugriva sees these two. What strikes him is that they don't seem to be like ascetics, but they're in the garb of ascetics. At the same time, there's so much of glory which surrounds their very being. And as we uh, explain, that he is in mortal fear of Vali, his brother. He believes that somebody must have been sent here by him. And uh, probably to put a little bit of that story before. Basically, I think Vali has a curse where he cannot come to this particular place, the uh, Rishimukha Parvatam. And the curse has been thrown on him by none other than Matangamuni. Vali is always described as that very, very strong and very powerful uh, prince. So he is filled with arrogance and he goes and does something mischievous in the Matangamuni's ashram. And that story, I think, Swami no, keeps it as a suspense. Alright, so we will keep it as a suspense too. So basically, Sugriva thinks that here is uh, somebody sent by Vali. Because Vali cannot come himself, he seems to have sent somebody who appears to be you know, very strong and very mighty who has come to attack him. So Hanuman goes and Hanuman takes on the disguise of a Brahmin and starts confronting these two brothers. And uh, as you said, he goes and makes that beautiful Sanskrit poetry, possibly for our next satsang. We'll try to get hold of that if possible, where he reveals nothing about himself, at the same time asks the two brothers who they are. It is filled with humility, at the same time it is not demeaning himself. It's so beautiful that immediately Rama's face lights up in joy. But even before Rama's face lights up in joy, as Swami describes in the Ramkatha Rasavahini, as he beholds the brothers from close quarters, Hanuman is just overwhelmed. He's overwhelmed with the majesty, the beauty, the handsomeness and you know all said and done this is the sole goal of Hanuman's life to become one with Rama, to meet Rama, to serve Rama. So when this is the very purpose of Hanuman's life, is it possible that Hanuman on coming face to face with his lord of his life will not be able to recognize him? It's just not possible. You know this is something that many of us would have experienced as devotees that kind of magic connect that we feel with Swami at first sight. That is the kind of connect that Hanuman feels with Rama at first sight and even before he can ask them who they are or anything of that sort, Hanuman has already come to his conclusion that these are some real special beings especially this Rama character. He doesn't know it is Rama at that point in time but he feels one inexplicable connection with Rama and he knows that this is the goal of his life and therefore in his heart and mind he has already been won over by Rama so he's wanting to actually bow to them but at the same time he has told Sugriva that if I bow to them they are <laughs> going to be enemies right. so in order to fulfill that he doesn't bow before them because in his heart he has no doubts as to these are not enemies these are some real special beings therefore he doesn't bow to them but he asks them who they are and that is when you know I think Rama introduces and tells him the story so far Right and the other beautiful thing about this meeting is many times Swami would mention this and speak of the value of words you know how you, your character and your personality can be so well discerned from your words and the way you speak. Because this is when actually uh, Rama turns to Lakshmana and says look at the words he is using, look at the way he is speaking. He is definitely no ordinary man, he is a person of great scholarship Mm. and you know so beautifully Rama actually describes Hanuman and describes Hanuman's character from the words he uses. And then he says that we can reveal to him who we are. There is you know there is no fear from persons such as this. And then he uh, of course goes on to say the story thus far that he they are the prince were in search of the wife who has been taken away by a, a demon. That's when I think Hanuman then reveals about Sugriva's whereabouts and says that I am a minister of Sugriva and I have been sent forth by him. Rama actually, after introducing himself, he says, 
uh, we are Rama, Lakshmana, Dasharatha, starts the whole story. And then he says that having found out so much about us, you know, please tell me who you are. You know, just now you said Rama describes to Lakshmana, uh, though as such it's not mentioned like that in the Ramkatar Savahini, in many discourses Swami says how Rama tells Lakshmana what a wonderful devotee or person Hanuman is. Here he says, now having got our introduction, sir, please introduce yourself also. You know, who are you? At this, you know, Hanuman is unable to bear it anymore. He says, my Lord, he addresses him off as his Lord. He says, please forgive me. I already committed one mistake. It was absolute ignorance on my part to come and ask you who you are. Because the answer of who you are, this is what I perceived when I read that. The answer of who you are, my Lord, I already felt it in my heart and my mind. I knew it who you are. And yet, yet at a bodily level, I asked you who you are. That was parading my ignorance. Now, I do not want to commit that second mistake of trying to introduce myself to you. Is there anything in these three worlds that you don't know? Is there even the slightest twittering of a bird or a fluttering of a butterfly that you are not aware of? So, it would be again greatest Maya on my part. It would show that I am steeped in Maya if I try to introduce myself to you. You know, in all humility, he says that. He says, Lord, even if for the sake of, you know, going along in this drama that is being played out, if I have to introduce myself, nothing about me is worth saying other than the fact that I am a person for whom the sole goal in life is to serve the Lord, serve you my Lord. That is how Hanuman introduces himself. Hanuman introduces himself as a person born to serve the Lord. Hearing this, Rama's joy erupts in great joy. Rama says, it's almost like Rama says, you know, forget all that I said before Lakshmana. My introduction is the one who loves a person who surrenders to the Lord and one who is ready to do anything for such a person. Uh, Because of the humility of Hanuman, in a quick exchange of words, the true nature of Hanuman and Rama both get highlighted where Hanuman says, I am the one whose sole goal in life is to serve the Lord, where Rama says, I am the one whose sole goal in life is to uplift, protect and take care of the welfare of those who have surrendered to the Lord. That is how the introductions are made. Right. And the beautiful thing is almost immediately Rama gives Hanuman an embrace and he says, you are as dear to me as Lakshmana is. Hmm. Now, we often think that this kind of a, a title is conferred on Hanuman much later after he accomplishes all these. I think that's our way of thinking. When you do for the Lord, then the Lord accepts you. <laughs> and when you offer him your service, then the Lord is indebted to you and then he's... But always, Swami never expects anything from us. You know, that what he gives is always spontaneous. It's almost like that. I, I was really surprised to see that. You know, almost in the first meeting, Rama says, you are as dear to me as Lakshmana, you are mine. I mean, as you and said, I am here to protect people who surrender to me like this. I was very touched reading the same part. It's so beautiful because not only this instance, in this kandam actually, many more instances come which changes our perception. We think that when you do so much for the Lord, in gratitude, the Lord does something for you. You know, that is also true. You know, I remember the other day I was listening to a discourse and I also heard one of our brothers uh, narrating this. Mm-hmm. Actually, I think it was on the Sai Sanidhi day where Brother Bhargav narrated it. And he said that Swami came and said, it is my privilege and honor that I have got people like you serving me. I am indebted to you. You know, that is such a beautiful statement that makes, 
I don't know what it makes in the heart. You know, it makes makes you feel like nothing else in life I need, Swami. This is the greatest that I can get. So, of course, the Lord is the foremost in expressing His gratitude. But it is not as if He expresses and gives only after having received. Because in the first meeting itself, as you said, He embraces Hanuman. My father also was saying, you know, when he was a teenage boy, he had nothing, you know, he, he didn't have anything called wealth. Not even from a lower middle class family, a very poor family is coming from. He doesn't have any influence nor is he working. He is a nobody. And yet, in one of the first few interviews that he got, Swami told him, you don't worry about anything in life. I shall take care of you. And then dad said that Swami gave him a warm hug. In the beginning, he didn't know what to do. But when (laughs) Swami embraced him, he said, oh my God, this is the Lord embracing. So he also embraced Swami. Then Swami asked, why the hesitation? Did you get scared? He said, no Swami, why should I get scared? I am with you. Swami said, yes. Remember that always you are with me. There is no need to fear anything in life. I felt it was... Swami telling my father that wherever you may go, whatever you may become, you are always in Swami's embrace. And I feel that is something we all should remember. Though physically uh, father might have got it or Hanuman might have got it, all of us are always in Swami's embrace wherever we are. And because we are in Swami's embrace, we have nothing to fear in life about. Very true. There is nothing more to add to that. But probably uh, since you mentioned about the Saison and the meat and the talk that I am just drawn to narrate what the other brother narrated, you know, Brother Shivakumar. Hmm. He was speaking about that accident which he had, a very, very bad accident where he was almost about to lose his leg. You know, when he was uh, admitted in the hospital, I was asking him, sir, how was that? He was eight or nine months confined to bed before he got back to work. So he was saying, that you know, it's very, very depressing You're lying down there and one, it's not just about the physical pain or the thing. The idea that what all you have lost, you know, he was doing that duty of walking beside Swami, doing Swami's darshan. He lost that. He was a bhajan boy. He had lost that. He became a lecturer. He never knew that whether he'll be able to stand and take a class after that. So you're saying that I've lost everything which could have probably taken me closer to Swami physically. Mm. You know, that was the feeling which, you know, depressing him most. And uh, he was saying that during that period, he started reading palmistry and astrology. You're trying to figure out what really went wrong with your life, you know. Mm. And he said one of the things which he learned after he learned a bit of palmistry was, according to his probably the lines in his hand, he had to lose a limb sometime in his life. Mm. It was part of his, you know, fate. Literally, like that. And he, on recollecting, he said, just exactly five months before the accident, Swami picks him up for this duty where he has to literally crawl over a hole of the Kulanthal. Hmm. He's saying, use those very legs. Swami gave him a duty by which he can use those very legs in Swami's service. You know, we think we are offering to Swami and Swami is doing in return. Swami put him in a place where Swami will be indebted to him, literally. Hmm. Made him do that duty for five weeks, whatever. And then Swami, you know, he went through the accident which he had to, uh, even, you know, his destiny was such. And Swami came, comes and protects him. And as you say, who is the one who gives and who is the one who receives? Literally like that, you know, this is with Hanuman and the next scene with Sugriva is also going to be the same. So, after this scene, of course, Hanuman says that, let me take you to Sugriva's presence. He, he in fact, uh, extols Sugriva. Hanuman right. says, oh Lord, you know, that is another trait of a devotee. So much to learn from Hanuman. You know, Hanuman is definitely the top among the devotees and yet, Hanuman has no words to speak about himself. He's only speaking good of others. He speaks of Sugriva and on behalf of Sugriva, he pleads to Rama and says, Oh Rama, so wonderful of you to have offered protection and blessings to me. There is another person, if not more, at least equally deserving of your grace and protection and that is Sugriva. He is virtuous and Hanuman extols the different virtues of Sugriva and he says, Lord, will you not come and you know bless him and look at him, will cast your compassionate eyes on him? So uh, Rama says, yes, definitely I agree. And even as Rama agrees, Hanuman now takes his original form and grows and 
and he says lord please don't walk you know he carries he takes that as an opportunity he carries both on his shoulders and proceeds towards uh, sugriva and from far sugriva is watching all that is happening the way it is described in the ramkatha rasavahini sugriva is now very excited and ready to receive rama very warmly again this shows the amount of respect and regard sugriva had for hanuman's decisions and decision making abilities right. if hanuman is carrying and bringing them here they are definitely wonderful beings whom we should definitely get to know and therefore sugriva receives rama and lakshmana very warmly even without knowing who they are where they have come from why they have come here just because hanuman has carried and brought them here right and of course one of the things which hanuman says is that he's most definitely worthy of your friendship and uh, i think in the course of that conversation rama says that we are indeed looking for that sugriva whom you're describing and he says that it, we were sent by shabri who is directed us this probably a small difference between ramkatha here and the original ramayana in the valmiki ramayana it's actually kabanda who says that you go rishimukha parvat and you will find sugriva there who will help mm-hmm. you find mm-hmm. but of course i think even in uh, the other versions of ramayana it's always shabri who tells sometimes i feel you know though the different ramayanas differ in their account they need not be contradictory to the other it might have happened that shabri also told and kabanda also right. told but the, i think the way swami has put it the way shabri tells it hmm. it actually leads to a lot of other beautiful uh, insights in that whole thing how you know shabri is so well aware of the whole thing even though the one who has come to her ashram is uh, lost his wife and he's so despondent she knows the whole picture she knows that you know all this is part of your drama and it's all not that, the real sita you know to that detail and all that only enhances the perception of the truth that right. this is all a divine drama so you know again another difference between uh, the traditional ramayana and this is usually in the traditional ramayana what happens is just like hanuman and rama sugriva and rama have their introductions and there are elaborate stories which sugriva tells rama and updates him of his plight and rama then elaborately introduces himself and his problem what has happened so far after which that is still being held in suspense we shall get to know how rama and sugriva have common problems apparently a common kind of problem because of which they promise to help each other and they become friends but at this point in time i would like to highlight the difference between swami's ramayana and the traditional ramayanas swami writes that the first thing that rama and sugriva do is forge their friendship in the presence of the sacred fire right why i felt this is very very defining and beautiful over here is because in any other ramayana when you read it's almost like two people coming both having their problems and their problems are such that the other can help uh, the so one in solving their problem right. and therefore it is right yeah it's like a synergy they come together as friends because they can help each other and therefore it's a friendship because you can help each other but here it is not like that when swami says there's no reason for love no season for love especially when it concerns the lord that is what it is irrespective of what it is rama and sugriva forged their friendship if we read the ramkatha rasavahini and we don't have any knowledge of ramayana when we reach at this point we are still wondering as to what are the problems that are plaguing sugriva and what is it that rama feels that he has common with sugriva because there is nothing common why is rama making such a friendship but then he makes such a friendship it just enhances the statement that swami often makes there is no reason for love no season for love no birth no death for love you know though we look at it as rama accepting the friendship of sugriva at the very first sight i mean if you look at those various characters especially after he goes into exile you know be it uh, starting from guha mm. because even guha gets to become the friend of the lord you mm. know the the nature of that partnership changes you know sometimes it's a friend sometimes it's the the relationship with jatayu 
value is different the relationship with shabri is different like some beautifully gave the three different nature of the relationship between jatayu shabri and guha if you look at it all through rama is actually keeping up that word which he gives even as you said even with hanuman you know anybody who comes to me like this i, I will give myself to them that is my nature mm. he sometimes gives himself in the form of friendship sometimes it's in the form of overlordship in shabri he accepted her as a devotee in jatayu he accepted his service in the case of guha in the case of sugriva he accepts them as a friend in the case of hanuman again he accepts him as a devotee and a servant so all through rama is consistent with that thing anybody who comes to me with a pure heart i think that is why even in this case there is no introduction as you beautifully said you know there is no introduction between sugriva and rama to say that these are my problems these are the ways you can help me these are ways i can help you before that the moment sugriva says that no lord i would like to be friends with you i would like to you know have this beautiful relationship with you rama immediately accepts i think that's why swami puts this before the introductory part between sugriva and rama exactly we shall see later on also where you know rama promises vibhishna the brother of ravana right, right. the kingdom of lanka that time when he is asked what will you do now you were surrendering you are simply accepting what will you do if ravana surrenders you have already given away lanka to vibhishna and rama says if ravana surrenders i will give him ayodhya so that is rama's nature that is the lord's nature whoever surrenders is accepted surrender itself by default in it it is defined as something that has sincerity has faith has love and has absolute selflessness so anyone who surrenders to the lord the lord accepts completely now as this bond of friendship is forged in fire you know swami makes a small note there saying that ramayana is all about fire you know the wedding of rama takes place right. in fire the birth is in fire in fact sita keeps her original self in fire later redeemed from fire lanka is burnt to ashes in fire this is a friendship also that is forged in fire and once this friendship is forged in fire that is when sugriva reveals to rama that you know rama that as we were here living in kishkinda one day we saw an aerial chariot going across and i think there was a woman there and i have a feeling that the woman you describe as your wife who has been taken away by ravana because ravana has an aerial chariot and this that we saw is the same i am not sure though it went in this southern direction but i am not so sure you can verify and that is when sugriva asks his people to bring that bundle a bundle that had been thrown from the aerial chariot right. and again this is one more place where the mention of the flying chariot comes as we mm. said initially in that episode where ravana takes away sita there there is no mention of the pushpaka vimana or you know ravana taking off in an aerial chariot mm. but here is is a mention very clearly he says that we saw aerial chariot going by and this lady threw a bundle that's what he says a bundle and that we have kept so sugriva asks his men to bring that bundle and that bundle happens to be a bundle of jewels even as you know the bundle is brought lakshmana is in tears because he instantly recognizes that cloth that is a bark cloth that had been given to sita by kaikeyi before they set out on this uh, exile mm-hmm. so having seen that bark cloth all these years in fact as we mentioned last satsang this is the 13th year that all this is happening so 13 years he has seen that cloth bark cloth and the instant he sees lakshmana is in tears and seeing the tears in lakshmana's eyes hanuman and sugriva they also feel so sorrowful rama is in tears now you know rama is also playing out his role he's in tears and as the bundle is opened as you rightly said there are jewels there but rama says lakshmana my tears are so profuse i am unable to see anything can you just look at these jewels and verify and confirm that these belong to sita that is when another magical episode takes place 
where lakshmana says brother these are definitely the toerings of sita you know toerings are actually so small and lakshmana also says these are also the anklets of sita though swami in the ramkatha rasamani does not mention anklets as such but lakshmana recognizes only the jewels which are adorning her feet and when rama is surprised you know in valmiki ramayana there is this beautiful stanza where lakshmana tells rama naham janami keyure naham janami kundale Nupure tu abhijanami nityam padabhi vandanath. Means keyure kundale, these are all earrings and right. necklace and all these. He says, I don't know all these Rama. You know, because Lakshmana for 13 years has not looked at Mother Sita in the face. You know, what kind of pure soul he is. He has not looked at a woman other than his wife in the face anywhere else other than the feet. It reminds, you know, Swami would say, especially to the boys, he would say, all our mothers, all our sisters. In fact, to the student, when he asks how many brothers or how many sisters, if somebody would answer, I have one sister or two sisters, Swami would say, no, all our sisters. While theoretically we have heard this, here is an example who practiced it. Lakshmana says to Rama that I don't know any jewels. I know what she wears as her anklets because every day I used to worship Mother Sita's feet. Because of the worshipping of Mother's feet, I know that. And this is another beautiful episode that Swami often makes use of in his discourses to highlight the kind of chastity that Lakshmana has, the kind of Brahmacharya that he practices, the kind of purity that he has, the kind of Samyak Drishti. Swami would always emphasize on Samyak Drishti, especially in this aspect about looking at people of the opposite sex. And here, Swami uses Lakshmana's example and highlights with this episode. Very true. I don't know how many times you would have heard Swami say this, quote this particular episode of Lakshmana's purity. And uh, of course, after this, as you said, drama breaks down and pretends as though he is again struck by the grief which comes from attachment. And then Sugriva is so moved by seeing this whole scene and he promises and whatever it takes to find Sita. Interestingly, I think in the Valmiki Raman, actually Hanuman tells Rama before he takes them to Sugriva. He says that Sugriva is, you know, though he is not the king of Kishkinta, mm-hmm. Mali is, is the king, though he is not the king of Kishkinta, he, he has won the hearts of so many uh, of the monkeys. He has thousands and thousands of monkeys at his disposal and, you know, at a word of his, he will be able to send them to all corners of the world and finding Sita will be very easy. So you should make friends with him. But as we said, Swami has skipped that part. All this has not been told to Rama and even without that, he actually decides to go forward and make this bond of friendship with Sugriva. But then Sugriva makes that uh, promise now. He says, I'll do whatever it takes to help you find Mother Sita. And uh, at this point, he goes on to say how he is able to empathize with Rama's uh, situation then. Because he says, I too am going through a very similar situation. Where I'm separated from my wife. Separated from my wife. But before we go to the details of that, the place where Sugriva explains what led to his plight right now and why he is so scared of his brother. Before that, dear listeners, we'll take a short break. On the other side of that, we'll continue the story of Sugriva and Wali. Kumara 
वायुकुमारा वानर वीरा अति बलवंता हनुमंता अति बलवंता हनुमंता केसरी नंदन अंजनी पुत्रा केसरी नंदन अंजनी पुत्रा जय हो जय हो पवन कुमारा 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 वायु कुमारा वानर वीरा अति बलवंता हनुमंता केसरी नंदन अंजनी पुत्रा जय हो जय हो पवन कुमारा 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 जय Welcome back, dear listeners. We are at that point in the Ramayana where Sugriva is about to introduce his story to Ramayana, of course, to all of us. Rama needs no introduction. As Hanuman says that you no, know, nobody needs to introduce themselves to Lord Rama. Many times during the course of this in the series of satsangs, we have told that many characters get redemption historically through Swami's Ramkatha Swami. And two characters whom actually are, you don't know whether they are really good or bad because even Sugriva, though he gets this opportunity to be befriended by Rama. 
somewhere down the line you will feel that you know he's he's not really that committed in some places mm-hmm. i think uh, one section of ramayana is sugriva after he becomes the king he goes away he does not come back and th- that's another episode he doesn't keep up his promise keep up his promise but at the same time when towards the end of the ramayana when rama decides to conclude his avatar it is sugriva who comes to join him vibhishana does not come sugriva comes to join him mm-hmm. so a uh, very very uh, shady character in that sense actually but, you know i feel it's very symbolic swami keeps saying the monkey mind monkey mind right the mind is capable of of scaling the greatest heights at the same time it's capable of falling to the deepest depths very true uh, abysmal depths that is what happens and it is amazing because everybody else you know whether it is sugriva or vali all have their highs and lows the only monkey which doesn't seem to have highs and lows as such and is always at a high is hanuman you know i feel that is why hanuman is so inspiring because all of us have a hanuman within each one of us which is the mind because hanuman shows what the mind is capable of doing and the mind too seems to be having the same kinds of blessings and curses that hanuman has the curse that hanuman keeps jumping here and there and does pranks and tricks which can affect the harmony and balance in nature at the same time is capable of achieving the greatest good but not aware of its own ability and strength the human mind is also very often like that it needs to be trained and reminded of the strength and its capabilities so i feel that is why hanuman becomes so inspiring because in spite of being born of a wavering nature and a very fidgety nature association with the lord surrendering at the feet of the lord will bring that kind of peace wisdom and superhuman strength that hanuman epitomizes interestingly even as you saying about each one of us have a hanuman in our minds you know uh, i just happened to stumble upon one discourse which is there in a repository mm. in 1989 the title of that discourse is mind bhakti and hanuman wow a very beautiful discourse the first half of the discourse is all about the mind and vagaries of the mind and swami says how what hanuman did is an example for us to balance and control the mind really in the sense you know the many things which he does be it that surrender be it the activity which he takes up you know keeping himself completely involved and active in rama's work and many of these things and coming back to the other monkeys which you were talking about because uh, even as we said even sugriva had his ups and downs vali too was a character like that you know we're going to see what sugriva says about vali but at the same time vali is another character whom swami redeems i think that's one of the very beautiful episodes in swami's ramakatha raswani maybe it has to wait till a couple next of weeks <laughs> next fortnight but now to the point where sugriva explains his plight and his his story with vali yes you know vali is also a superhero it is said that vali has defeated uh, Ravana and right. Ravana is scared of Vali. It's a funny episode where apparently Vali catches hold of Ravana, puts him under his armpit, <laughs> and goes around the world. And Ravana is not able to extricate himself. Exactly. And that's why the very mention of the name Vali towards the end, Yudhakanda, Ravana, you know, he looks at Angada and says, "My God, this is Vali's son. son. He's such a valorous hero." So, what is the story behind Sugriva and Vali? Swami writes that the creator Brahma creates a monkey-like creature, mm-hmm. which is actually very powerful very intelligent at the same time very wayward and the name is ruksharaj ruksha means tree raj means king right. so king of trees ruksharaj and ruksharaj naturally you know ruksharaj is monkey actually the king of the trees is the monkey only so though ruksharaj is very wayward he roams the forests and brahma enters him with the responsibility of protecting the good people and that is what becomes ruksharaj's sole aim in life you know all these are very metaphorical i feel the mind too is given to us in order to foster good and destroy evil 
that is exactly the commandment given to vrikshraj that's exactly what vrikshraj does also mm-hmm. you know keeps away from evil fosters the good destroys the demonic people and protects becomes a savior but what happens to the mind you know once all the enemies are destroyed it becomes idle idle mind is the devil's workshop the same thing happens to vrikshraj and there is this lake a forbidden lake into which Brahma has commanded Rukshraj should not enter. Apparently, okay. that is okay. the thing. Again, when I read this, I just felt it is like an idle mind becomes a devil's workshop, and when it becomes idle, that is when mind enters territories where it is forbidden from entering. You know, whether we look at addiction, whether we look at any of the psychological problems that plague the mind, all the kinds of addiction, from um, drugs to alcohol to pornography to video games to whatever, all this happens when the mind is idle and looking out. That is uh, reflected in Rukshraj. So. So, though he's been told not to go to the lake he wants to go and it is said that when he enters the lake and comes out he comes out as a as a female okay. i don't know what monkey or whatever female when he comes out as a female now he's shocked because this is a kind of change he didn't expect at all so he prays for redemption and he prays to the gods who come immediately to his mind which is surya and indra and it is said both of them bless him and as redemption you know after surya and indra bless vrikshraj vrikshraj comes back to his original form at the same time he has sugriva from surya and vali from indra as two children okay. it is possibly i feel you know a kind of reminder to vrikshraj as to what happens when you go into forbidden areas because if this reminder is not there it's a possibility that vrikshraj may again indulge and go into areas which is forbidden so as a reminder of what has happened that he had become actually a woman mm-hmm. he is gifted two children whom he delivers after delivering them he becomes a male again male again right so now rukshraj takes these two sons sugriva who has been gifted out of surya vali gifted from indra takes them to brahma and says now what do i do with these two children brahma says that just like you have been wandering these forests and taking care they too will be doing the same and that is how vali and sugriva happen to land up in Kishkinda so these are actually Vali and Sugriva are actually brothers uh, one thing i found interesting here prem is see in the mahabharata we see again the children of surya and indra right. and in ramayana also we see the same right and the interesting thing as you are pointing out is here of course the son of surya is sugriva the son of indra is vali there in the mahabharata the son of surya is karna and the son of indra is arjuna and we clearly see you know whose side the lord takes in both of those cases it's almost like karma playing out you know in right. this time right. i support uh, son surya again. Indra. So next time I'll support Indra again Surya. It's almost like even in the divine drama when it's written scripted, it's all complete. Every end meets completion and uh, that is the thing. But again the question of curiosity which comes here is, how is it the two brothers have become such sworn enemies such that one brother is fearing death from the other brother? That is the next question that comes. Right. And uh, it, that starts with this uh, episode of Mayavi. He's a demon who's actually the son of I don't know whether it's the same Mayasura who's supposed to be in the camp of Ravana. See, there are so many. Yeah. <laughs> right. I think it's too common a name, almost like our yeah, in fact, <laughs> names, which we have in our hostel. Right. Exactly. Because, you know, I, I remember there's one Mayasura who builds Indraprastha for uh, uh, Yudhishthira right, in the Mahabharata. Right. So, yeah, I don't know if it is that same Mayasura. But right. anyway. So, basically, this is the son of uh, that that particular Asura. And his name is Mayavi. He comes and challenges Vali into a, to a duel, right? Exactly. What happens is, Vali and Sugriva are the prefects now in the Kishkinda and they are protecting all the good people from the demons and when Mayavi begins to create havoc Vali says that you better stop otherwise you are going to meet death at our hands and Mayavi comes and challenges him what on earth can you do that is when a battle 
starts where Sugriva and Vali are battling Mayavi and Mayavi begin to run under the blows being rained by Sugriva and Vali especially Vali it is said that Vali is more powerful among the two and he runs into a cave and Vali tells Sugriva that in the cave it's going to be dark when I enter to try to fight this Mayavi he may escape out of the cave just stand at the entrance of the cave ensure that he doesn't escape I will go in and however long it takes you wait here Sugriva asks how long he says wait for 15 days because I am confident that within that 15 days and 15 nights I will be able to kill Mayavi if I don't return on the 16th day morning then you can be sure that Mayavi has killed me because otherwise he will be dead by then I will come out if I don't come out by the 16th morning you can assume that Mayavi has killed me it so happens that 16 days pass 17 days pass and both Mayavi and Vali have not come out Sugriva holds on for 30 days at the end of 30 days Sugriva notices a stream of blood coming out from the cave going by his own brother's words he assumes that the worst has happened that Mayavi has killed Vali and uh, he is now afraid that Mayavi will come out of the cave and continue with tormenting people Right. that's why he takes a huge boulder and places it at the mouth of the cave to ensure that nobody can escape from the cave and then returns back to his kingdom in deep mourning the whole kingdom is in mourning because they have lost the elder brother Vali who is valiant and they say that you know after the mourning period passes they tell Sugriva that we can't leave a kingdom without an heir like this so you become the king that is why acceding to the wishes of his people Sugriva ascends the throne right and uh, apparently what happens in that cave is that Vali is drawn into the cave but after going there it seems he he finds the uh, entire army of Asuras there and that's what takes him a little longer than he thought it would take only to kill Mayavi and the stream of blood which comes out is all those demons being destroyed by Vali I mean I used to think it's a little funny thing because Sugriva is able to put a boulder and close the you know the entrance of the cave Vali is not able to come out apparently he's so fatigued at the end of the battle he doesn't have enough strength to push that boulder and come out and that's why he decides to rest again in that same cave for a few days before he tries to push that boulder and that's what Vali says when he comes back and uh, Sukriva is genuinely happy when he sees Vali returning you know he's so happy that the brother whom he thought he had lost has come back and immediately instantly he says alright you know I, I had taken care of the kingdom in your absence since now you're back I think you should come back and take the throne and he offers the throne and he explains that this is what happened I waited for 30 days and I saw this stream of blood but as the story would have it Vali would not take this as an answer he sees this as a clear plot of Sukriva waiting for this opportunity to dethrone Vali and take his place hmm. and uh, Vali says that you've cheated me and I think this is the point where Sugriva says I'm in a plight which is similar to yours because Vali takes away Sugriva's wife and chases him out of the uh, kingdom. Yes, he chases uh, Sugriva out. Yeah. Not only does he chase Sugriva out because Sugriva too is having his own band right, of loyalties. Yes, so he drives out whoever is uh, loyal to Sugriva. Apart from people being loyal to Sugriva, Sugriva wins a lot of sympathizers because other than Vali, everyone in the kingdom knows that this is not what has happened. They know that Sugriva is not a usurper. He is not a person who has taken away Wali's throne nor is he a person to have shut the cave. But as you said, Wali believes that Sugriva was, you know, evil in his mind, evil in his intention. It's just that he came back and has played a very convincing dramatic card with the people mm. and won their hearts. Mm. See, this is the monkey mind of Wali. This is the monkey mind of Sugriva. All that that happens. That is why, as you said, these monkeys have had their ups and downs. So, he banishes away Sugriva as well as all, all those members. who are supporting and says that, you know, if at all I see you. In fact, it is said that he gives a sound thrashing to Sugriva and he says that next time I see you, if you ever, if all 
fall on my side, I am going to kill you. And that is why Sugriva runs away. But when he runs away, Sugriva's wife that is there, I think her name is Ruma. Mm-hmm. Ruma is taken over as his own wife, <laughs> like his own wife by uh, Wali, which Wali. is very, very bad. And that is a common thing between Rama and Sugriva that both have lost their wife. Their wife has been taken away by somebody in a very treacherous manner. So that is the thing. And uh, Rama says that, you know, if you have run away from Wali, Wali's place is close by. What makes you certain? In fact, uh, Rama says, tell Sugriva that it was wrong on your part to think that you are weaker than Wali. You can actually fight. You are having your own might. You are not aware of your might. Mm-hmm. Again, highlighting that mind's aspect, you know, mind needs somebody to remind. You are not aware of your strength. Even, okay, say that he's stronger than you. How come you are so close by? That is when Sugriva says that, you know, these are mountains where Wali can't step in. Because if he steps in, he's sure to meet his death. That is when again, you know, Rama, the actor asks, why is that so? And Sugriva reveals another fascinating story. But I think that story will have to wait for our next Ramayana because uh, the time in our studios shows that it is time to wrap up our satsang. It's again so interesting how what we usually get to think as the most important part of the Ramayana moving so fast in Swami's Ramakatha Raswaini and introduction of so many characters one after the other and these are the very important characters in this later half of the Ramayana. So dear listeners offering a most humble pranams at Swami's lotus feet and at the feet of Hanuman who is always present when Rama is spoken about. राम चरण सुखदाई भजुरे राम चरण सुखदाई भजुरे राम चरण सुखदाई भजुरे राम चरण सुखदाई भजुरे राम चरण
Sai Ram. You just heard an episode of our radio program, Afternoon Satsang. This was a segment of Radio Sai's Thursday Live, hosted by Prem and Arvind at 12.30 p.m. Indian Standard Time on Thursdays, only on Asia stream of Radio Sai Global Harmony. The discussion was on the Ramakatha Rasavahini, a book written by Swami, and today's episode was first broadcast live on 24th September 2015. Dear listeners, we hope you liked this program. As always, send us your feedback to listener at radiosai.org. Thank you and loving Sai Ram from Prashant Nilayam. <laughs>